ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 81. In case you're just joining us, Wanderings is a weekly podcast where we five friends review new albums in their entirety, issue weekly musical challenges, and get nostalgic about music we love. You can find the show at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. Find us on Facebook. You can get the show at SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, and Google Play. You need to make sure that you subscribe and please leave us a review so we know how we're doing. This week on the show, we're talking 80s music and drum solo intros. Not bass solos because nobody wants a bass solo. I'm your host, Foggy. With me this week, it's Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's... Metalhead Monday. How's it going, everybody? Great. Super. Oh, and that was the voice of El Ray himself, Mr. Joe Rife. He's the beast man. Holy cow, I'm really Harry Carey fan. He flies a double U flag. Upside down because he's Mexican. Joe Rife. Hello, hello. It's been since the holidays, right? We haven't. Yeah, it was before Christmas. We also took a holiday off. Long break. Um, I have not heard the Joe Rife theme song for a while. I miss it. <laughs> How much myself quite frequently. Catchiest song ever. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Anything we need to discuss before we jump in? Anything new and exciting from the holidays? Um, not really. Got a granddaughter. That was before the holiday. <laughs> but it's, we haven't talked about her, have we? We haven't. Yes, Grandpa. Yep. Yeah. Uh, December 8th. She was a little early. And uh, she's very tiny. Very tiny. She was less than four pounds when she was born. So healthy as a horse, though. Nothing. All good. Nothing wrong. Just oh, got to catch up a little bit. And the yep. name? Her name is Jay Lee. How do you spell that? J A Y L E E. Jay Lee. No silent P. No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> L Ray, anything exciting in your life? No, not so much. We tried to keep it, you know, low key. I don't have a very big family. Um, so the people are like, are you getting together? And I'm like, yeah, because we pretty much just have Sunday dinner with the same people. So. <laughs> anyway, but we made it through and really relaxing break. You know, I just kind of put everything away and didn't worry about work or school or anything and just hung out. Had a good time. Good. Good. Sometimes you need that. So. For sure. Yeah, I did. I actually took some time off, too. So I was uh, I got my youngest, my youngest, Fane. I got him for the second part. They had an extended break from Kokomo. So I got him for the second half of that. So I was off work from December 30th to like January, uh, what, eighth or ninth or something. I don't know. Quite a while. It was nice. It was real nice. Just hung out with him, got a few things done, rearranged his room a little bit. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Nice to get away and not have to think about work for a while. 
Yeah, that I mean, for me, like the week after Christmas is ridiculous. It's it's <laughs> people make a lot of trash during that time, so it's pretty ridiculous. So to have that next week off was pretty awesome. Yeah. Cool. Why and I read it. Ahead, you read a lot of comic books because you took a big lead on me in the thousand <laughs> comic books in one year. <laughs> I was I've been trying because that man, I don't know. Like you'd think, like with quarantine and all that, I would have given myself plenty of time. But man, I just last year was such a downer. I just wasn't even in the mood to read a bunch of comics. Like I would, I would go through. I'd like have a day or two where I'd read some stuff and I'd be like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> So I've been trying to stay on it. Well, you're on point right now, and I'm way behind. So <laughs> I'm to catch up. But, you know, times are busy. Yep. All right. Well, that brings us to the challenge. And actually, this week, Mr. Mundy, you had the challenge. You want to fill us all in? I did. Um, so I don't know what I was listening to, but I was listening to something that made me think of this. I was just thinking, you know, there's a lot of really cool songs that have awesome drum intros where you know that's all you hear at the beginning is the drummer and it can be i mean short long anything it's some of them are really quick quick but there's some that are just so iconic and it's just you know you hear that drum intro and you're it just gets you ready for the song that you love and so uh, there was a few that came to mind for me. So I thought I'd throw it out there and see if you guys could come up with any. And I pulled up a list from NME and it's just 10. It's not a long list. And it's, their, their list is from 2011. It kind of uh, runs the gamut. I mean, it's, it's mostly rock, but it's different kinds of music and stuff. So we'll see if we hit any of those and see what, see what you guys like. How far back does that top 10 list go that you have? Um, Is it like all the way back in the fifties? You know, no, this, this one does not go back. I think the earliest thing might be late seventies. I don't know. Okay. But no, no Gene Krupa then, huh? No, but you know, there were some that, um, there was one that I was looking at that had like, uh, the, uh, was the Benny Goodman orchestra on there <laughs> stuff like that. So this one I don't, doesn't go back that far. I don't think. Okay. Well, Should cool. be a good time. And I right. uh, say with uh, friends like yours, metalhead who needs an NME. That's right. <laughs> get out. That out. Can I do Show it again? yourself to the door. Delivery zero. <laughs> All right. You get to go first on that one. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> All right. One of my um, favorite songs overall has a drum intro that I wish would last like minutes. And it's uh, Sympathy for the Devil by the Stones. Nice. And I know it's not. Some of these are going to be really pure. And I know that Sympathy for the Devil has a little bit of extra percussion elements in there. Yeah. But you, you're when you said it gets you ready for the song, that one does it for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great choice. Right on. I'll go next. And I'm going to do, I'm putting two together. And so, <laughs> because this is, you issued this challenge right after, I think it was the week after we did the Smashing Pumpkin episode. Okay. And I was very, 
just not very excited about that record. And I felt like Jimmy got left out and they changed the band so much that it was really a Billy kind of record. We definitely talked about that. Yeah. And so I instantly thought when you said that, well, some of those uh, early stuff from Gish and a song that was from the same area that uh, showed up on Pisces Iscariot both have really cool drum intros. They're fast. They're real quick. They don't last very long, but I Am One, first song on Gish, great little intro. And then a song that's not as well known, but Hello Kitty Cat has a really cool rolling drum uh, section that okay. starts that song off and really gets you cruising into that one. So those are my cool. two. Something. Right on. <clears throat> so something good did come out of that record. My answer is... <laughs> it made you think of something else? <laughs> <laughs> it made me long for the days when Jimmy got to play drums. <laughs> Where does um, Chair of Rock land on your list, Steve? Is that on there? Uh, I didn't put it on there. I love Chair of Rock, though. Yeah. That's a good tune. All right, Mondi, what's one of yours? Okay. Um, I have four just because these are the, they just kind of popped into my head and I felt like I didn't want to leave any of these out. So I have four. But, um, Two of them, I think, uh, as a metal fan, are, well, three of the four really, as a metal fan, are pretty iconic. This first one, I think, is absolutely iconic, whether you're a metal fan or not, is uh, We're Not Gonna Take It from Twisted Sister. AJ Perro, man, that beginning, that, I mean, he's got everything going in there. I believe there's a little bit of cowbell in there. Yes, there is. You're right. Um, it's it's just you hear that, and, you're, and he's got like the roll, and the, it's oh, it's so good, so good. You hear that, and you're just ready for D to come in and <clears throat> melt your face off. <laughs> and that's not the last time we'll hear Twisted Sister this evening. No, it isn't. We're not going to take it has made its way into so many facets of life. You know, uh, one of the like it's a theme song for this or that movie montages. Hell, the pep band when the when they used to kick into that, like in high school, remember, they played that song. And when the drummer, we had a couple of really good drummers and they rip into that. You're like, yeah, it was it's so awesome. Yeah. Like, what if you remember the uh, video had Niedermeyer from Animal House. Yes, yeah. it did. Yes, it it was did. So cool. I think they did a couple with him actually. Mm-hmm. But that was the first one. Why don't you do two since you've got four and we only had three? Uh, okay. Um, the other iconic one for me, uh, this one is very influential for a lot of metal drummers because it's one of the, uh, I guess you would say, an early, I'm sure it's not the first, but it's definitely an early use of a really sweet uh, double bass pattern. And that's Overkill from Motorhead. Mm-hmm. The, the quick feet of Phil Filthy Animal Taylor. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> but Very that, cool. I mean, it's such a great song anyway. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm wearing my Motorhead shirt right now, so... Um, but, uh, he's, uh, he was a great drummer. That's a great song. And that, I mean, just that double bass kicks in and then he's, you know, playing the, just like the, I don't know, it's probably a four, four beat. I don't know. I'm not a drummer, but, um, (laughs) uh, we're just going to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the double, it's, it's just straight ahead. You know, it's not, 
there's not anything huge going on other than that iconic early double bass. Very back good. to me already. We are back to you, Mr. Rife. These are great tunes. Um, I don't have four. I do have four on my list, but I'm gonna not going to talk about four uh, <laughs> because Offspring keep them separated. I'm going to go with um, Iggy Pop, <laughs> Lust for Life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of a similar feel to uh, We're Not Going to Take It. Yeah. Uh, where the drums just are there for an extended period of time, and it kicks into just a great tune. And I kind of hated it when Jim Rome used it. This is theme song on his radio show. Mm-hmm. Kind of killed it a little bit for me, but it's coming back. So great cool. tune. You know who that drummer is? Can't let other people ruin your songs. Yeah. Do you know right. who that drummer is? Uh no, I don't. I believe his name. I want to say his first name is Hunt. I think it's Hunt Sales. And he is the son of Soupy Sales. No way. Yep. He was a I, may, I may have the first name wrong, but I but it's definitely that he's the son of Soupy Sales. That's funny. That is good. Um, well, I only have one more. I'll go ahead and go. I don't even care. <laughs> um, it's your turn. We hey, when we get done, we can address Tony's if you want, because I got his here. Oh, really? Okay. I, I have them here. I actually forgot and didn't listen to them, but <laughs> if he's not going to jump in by the time we're done, then I'll, I'll, I'll mention them. Okay. So this one is percussion-ish, but it's not drums. Can you guess what it might be? <sighs> Something Morse. cool. It's Morse code. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's... It's Rush. I don't remember which song that is. But. <laughs> it is. It's YYZ, the, uh, the yes. call sign for Toronto's airport. And it kicks in with the with the little chimes, and it does it to the Morse code, and then the rest of the song keeps that Morse code beat. So oh, that is my percussion. And uh, to everybody out there, Mr. T-Bags himself has joined us. And uh, we are on our first challenge, the drum challenge, Mr. Uh, Tony B. And... Uh, We'll let you go here and uh, catch up. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. We can, yes. I'm a little surprised you haven't burned that hat yet. (laughs) We're going to have snarky Tony tonight. This is going to be awesome. (laughs) I'm sorry. Too early. Too early. Too soon. (laughs) Yeah. We won't even get into it right now. Um, I'll go with uh, Sober by Tool. Nice. That, that iconic drum roll leading into that. Yeah, good. What what does everybody else have so far? Um, um I did uh I said uh, we're not gonna take it from Twisted Sister and Overkill from Motorhead. Yep. Mine were Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones and Lust for Life by Iggy Pop and the soupy sales stooges. <laughs> uh, and uh, mine were I am one. Hello, kitty cat. And why, why is that? Uh, are you guys done then? Do I need to add my other no. one? From here? Okay. No, we're ready for round three. How many did you do? Tony? I had four. Okay. Go ahead and do another one. I got two left. So, Okay. Uh, sticking with Tool, uh, Reflections off of Lateralis is one of my favorites. It's a real nice. Middle Eastern drum, but it takes about seven minutes to get pulled to anything else. 
<laughs> but I love it. Uh, Mr. Mundy, you were correct. His name is Hunt Sales. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about when Joe mentioned uh, Lust for Life, the drummer that, you know, everybody, if you're a real music fan, you've heard that drum intro. So uh, the drummer, his name is Hunt Sales. That is the son of Soupy Sales. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, I know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So where where are we at? We're we back to me. Thanks yep. back to you. Okay. So this is my last like hard rock metal choice. Um on Ozzy's second album, Diary of a Madman, the very first song. This is the album opener, Over the Mountain. It it has a fantastic little quick little drum intro. It's just all kinds of bass drums and toms and just guy he's going nuts so it's pretty cool it's uh, actually lee kerslake was the drummer on that one hmm. don't you love it when an album starts with drums i mean that's a song is one thing but an album definitely grabs your attention this one mm -hmm. does for sure. the same with i am one it's first song on that record uh joe oh man there are so many good songs to pick from you know what this was a tough challenge. It was a fun challenge because Train in Vain by The Clash. I had lots of them in mind that nice. I wanted to throw in there. So I'm going to go with The Dark Horse, though. Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer. Sweet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would fit in with our 80s challenge as well. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought, In fact, that's what led me when I was listening to the, everybody else's songs. I thought, why didn't I throw Addicted to Love in there? And I turned it on and like I was actually riding around with my family and everybody was just jamming to it. So I'm like, wait a minute, listen to those drums. We have a drum challenge too. So we're gonna go with that. Doubling up. There you go. T-Bags, what's your third? Um another one I had was uh You Know What You Are by Nine Inch Nails. Actually, he had Dave Grohl um come and drum for him on the With Teeth album. And it just super explosive in your face. Never lets up. So I like that one. Awesome. Yeah. You can't go too wrong with Grohl. He's, yeah. uh, you know, he's, I love listening to him. He's such a hard hitter, heavy handed yeah. drummer, man. And he just rocks. I, there's so many projects I love just because he's on them. Like that yeah. that album he did with Queens of the Stone Age, I didn't give a shit about Queens of the Stone Age, and so I was like, "Ooh, Dave Grohl's on this. I'll check that out." <laughs> yeah, there's a song called Mantra with Dave Grohl, yes. Trent Reznor, and uh, Josh. Yeah, Holt. that's pretty from, interesting. Oh, uh, what is that called? Uh, called from that documentary. Oh, Sound City. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he'll uh, Foo Fighters three weeks. I think we can review that record new and coming nice. out. So that'll be cool. Um, does that bring us back to round it out to Monday? Um, you get one. You then? did. You get I already three. three. Okay. Yeah, I can then. Okay, so this one uh, deviates from the hard rock and metal uh, arena, and I went with it's. It's a little different. This one's actually a sample. It's um, the Beastie Boys "Shake Your Rump." Ooh. Well, that's a great one. When that, that comes in, song. man, that 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 snare roll—it's just—it's so fast, and it just, man, if 
I can't imagine like if it's quiet and then that just blasts on. It's like, whoa, what's this? What's happening? And yeah. um, I actually I looked it up. That is a sample of us from a song called "Funky Snakefoot" by Alphonse Muzon. Okay. <laughs> Funky Snakefoot. Yes, and Alphonse Muzon is the drummer. Like that was his. He he's like a kind of a jazz funk drummer guy. And it's from 1974. Have you heard that song, Monday? What's that like? Uh, I, it's it sounds like a funky snake foot. I mean, it's just pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Need he say more? Say no more. Pretty grooving. Pretty funky. Pretty grooving. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any final word on the drum intros? Not really. It's just, I, I love that. It's, you know, something that at the top of a song just kind of gets your attention and says, Hey, look over here. Look over here. Check what, check out what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. I had, I had one final word. One, the, my fourth one was runner up was eraser by nine inch nails. Oh yeah. I didn't have a lot of time. So I just went to my go-to catalog of cool nine inch nails, but, um, <laughs> but that one sticks in my head because I loved it on the album. I mean, well, I won't say I loved it. I liked it on the album, but when I saw it live and when they had the yeah. screen and the way those drums mm-hmm. hit and those like B sounds came in, like I can't not visualize my time at that concert when I hear it now. So I love that. That's a great one. It's and it. I would agree with you. It's it's better live. It, mm-hmm. it the sound like when you're in front of that band, they always have great sound. And those drums, man, it's that do do god do god and it's so yeah. big and just ugh. Yeah, kind of watch sound so cool and rich. yeah, so good. Yeah, rhythm sections are always better in live. You know, they make shows. All right, good challenge. That was a good challenge. It was fun to think because you don't normally think about that. It was fun to actually have to go back and think about what songs actually begin with drums. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, take them for oh, granted. You guys want to. You want to oh, hear yeah, yeah. what's on this list? <laughs> we almost forgot. <laughs> okay, so this is taken from NME uh, in May of 2011. So, and this is just 10. So we have uh, Run DMC, Walk This Way. Uh, the Smiths, The Queen is Dead. I'm not familiar with that one. I'm not a huge Smiths fan. Um, we got some Rolling Stones on here, but it is not Sympathy for the Devil. It's Honky Tonk Women. Mm. Oh, Cowboy. Which is yeah. a great song. Great song. Um, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. I almost picked that, actually. Iconic. Um, Blue Monday from New Order. Mm. Um, I Am the Resurrection by the Stone Roses. Not familiar with that one. Uh, when the levee breaks, Led Zeppelin can't oh, go wrong. Yeah. yeah, can't go wrong with Bonzo. Um, here comes my girl from Tom Petty, great song. Raspberry Beret from Prince. That's a drum. And I was going to say, that is a drum solo to start it. I guess I don't know. It's been a minute. I don't remember that. And the only song from any of us that hit on this list, Lust for Life from Iggy Pop. Go <laughs> wins the prize. 
But yeah, that, like I said, there there were some lists that were, I mean, they reached way back. That one I mentioned was like the Benny Goodman Orchestra and whatever. So I, I didn't go with any of that. Yeah, I just wondered if anything like with Buddy Rich, you know, would have shown up as such a freaking maestro on the drums. But mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Are you guys ready for your challenge for next week? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. This is going to be this is going to be exciting. <laughs> it's going to be a game. You're going to have to uh, fool us a little bit. You're going to have to, uh, to be clever. So what you're each going to do is you're going to write two haikus. Uh, one, about an album, <laughs> one about a song, and we're going to guess the album and the song. And they don't have to be from the same thing. Okay, so But they do have to be known enough by everybody that if you have this strange little haiku, haiku, we should be able to know the record or the song. I hate you already. Yes, then it's okay. working. This actually, I think, was it Paul? Did he write a haiku? It was in one of our text strings. I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing a challenge on haiku. <laughs> Damn you both. Uh, <laughs> I think that stems from a Facebook conversation that we had about something, and I don't remember what it was, but... It spilled over into the uh, super secret wanderings and wool gatherings text thread. Uh, actually, we could cut people in if they wanted to support our Patreon. We could include them in our text threads. Oh, that would be so exciting, wouldn't it? That'd be gold circle membership level, though. So they could write a haiku for the show. Yeah, the eighteen year older. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Better make it twenty one. What the hell? Yeah, sure. uh, so, haiku refresh me. Is it five seven five? Start yes. Yeah. Yep, five seven five, no rhyming. All right, that'll be challenge accepted. <laughs> All right, guys. So now we're up to Monday. Just keeps shaking his head. <laughs> it was begrudgingly accepted. <laughs> uh, um, Tony, this was your inspiration. We didn't have yeah. any record this week because there just isn't much out. And uh, Tony felt inspired and pushed us to do this. You want to fill everybody in? Yeah, over the Christmas break, uh, Cobra Kai season three got released, yep. and it seemed to be kind of trending with everyone. So um, I like the show personally. I think it's entertaining. And yep. um, D. Schneider was in one of the episodes in season three, and then you kind of hear like "Cruel Summer," and they always do like throwbacks. And mm-hmm. I just thought, man, that was a really <clears throat> cool time, and we all kind of grew up. In different phases, but right around that same era. So, why don't we uh, go back and kind of each throw a couple of songs from the '80s out and review it as if it was an album? All right. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's uh, let's start with uh, JPP since he's not here, and I thought they were a joke and didn't listen. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be ready to roll from there. Except for I think I know the training yeah, I- montage. I can, yeah, I can throw his. So the first song he threw out was I Can't Wait from New Shoes. And I can only assume that he threw these, both of these out because they're very synth heavy. Um, And I Can't Wait is, I mean, if you grew up and if you were alive in the 80s, you know this song. It's, it's, you can't, you can't not know this song. It, it, <laughs> I I I am I I had trouble with this 
because these songs i'm like it, it's almost every one of these songs like the word iconic just kept coming up and i'm like oh i can't I'm like mm, i can't say that all the time but it, they so many of them are really but yeah, it's it's just it's all since this. And I, I don't know if there's anything on this song that is not since because <laughs> <laughs> it has. I mean, the, the, bass the line, <laughs> yeah, the baseline is since that it has those the cheesy like Casio claps. It's got, <laughs> uh, you know, like a, the um there's a like a vocal sample that's that's part of the main hook and melody <laughs> it's like yeah, it's all great. even the vocals the main vocals aren't synth but they're very processed and you can tell <laughs> it's auto-tune before auto-tune was cool yeah yeah you can tell now with some perspective that like that was the emergence of all this technology you know like yes it was starting to bleed into being accessible to the artists and yeah but yeah it's iconic i mean it's one of those things where it's um, still pretty great though man when i listen to it i'm like exactly i actually didn't listen to the song because i when it came on it has this kind of a herbie hancock intro deal and oh, when yeah. the main hook kicks in you're like oh yeah this song i forgot about it um but <laughs> <laughs> like that's the title of the song i didn't know that's what it was called anyway i was like i'm not gonna listen to this because i'm gonna listen to it like half a dozen times tomorrow i'm just gonna listen to that song like periodically throughout the day because it's it's so catchy <laughs> so i mean i knew how, it how, like, yeah yeah how did you forget the title though i mean it's i i, I can't wait <laughs> I, I, it's, been, it's been forever since i've heard it for one thing so yeah yeah I don't know. I thought the title was. Oh, no. I know exactly. <laughs> I think once they sing it, you remember. But if you just like name this, name that tune, just you <laughs> That hook, man. I yeah, that's probably gonna be in my head for the next week or so. That's the problem with a song like that is you don't want it stuck up there, but you can't get rid of it. Yeah, right. only slightly it, less catchy than the Joe Rife theme song. It, well, yeah. that's. Yeah. I don't know about. Yeah. I ranked these songs, by the way, and this was number four on my list. So, oh, I should have ranked. <laughs> nice. I didn't think about that. I can't wait to hear your rankings in the end. Well, they're going to be all scrambled, so I mean, you're going to have to keep up. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> I, okay, so I've got them written down, so I shouldn't say that another one is number four. I've got at least that much. So. Okay. No, I could do a summary if you'd like at the end. Yes, indeed. All right. All right. So, so the next one was Vince DeCola. <laughs> yes. The training montage from Rocky Four. So this one again is pretty much all synth. And this this is like the epitome of the 80s synth movie score. Like it's I, I mean, I, I don't even know what else to say about it. <laughs> That's just yeah. what it is. Vince There's we need no a montage movie. to advance the plot. And he's like, yeah. come on, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. My question, keyboard, one, <laughs> my question with that one is is it a good song without that movie? Mm, not terribly. <laughs> oh. Right, yeah. Yeah. I I actually had a little critique on this one. I, the drums, like his program drums sound really thin. They they do not sound great on this one. Well, <laughs> not not I mean not to prove Tony's point or anything, but 
he had to create a song that captured the spirit of a guy who was avenging his friend and also the honor of his country, you know, so he was defending <laughs> those two things. And yeah, I mean, you take it out of the context of that, it's a little hard to, you know, get into, but I have to say that it's, it gives you the feels. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know that I didn't want to train for something after that. So. I would say with the visuals, it gives you the feels because, you know, you, you watch this and you got your training in the snow and you're carrying logs and it's all primitive and caveman. And, And, but without the visuals, it's just like all the sense, not in a great way. I'm going to put it on my headphones tomorrow and just do the menial tasks, like salt my driveway (laughs) and scrape wood. Yeah. I'll feel like I'm doing something really. Yeah, destroy that to do list. Push that old tractor around in the yard there, (laughs) that plow or whatever he did. (laughs) I'm gonna play it on my riding mower. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I think where where did that end up on your list? Number five. (laughs) I'm getting a theme. What's next? Okay, uh, Tony. Let's hear your so. Um, I'll start off with when doves cry, and I, I picked, I had two different reasons I gave myself my own criteria, but I wanted one that I was like introduced to, and my oldest sister Anne Marie at the time was really into Prince, and so I had never really heard anything like that before, and uh, and so that's something that didn't come from a movie or anything like that, and uh, but it did come from my sister, so, and it's still, I could listen to that song tomorrow, and I'd love it probably just as much. Yeah. Great song. Great video too, man. Him crawling out of a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took a few more years before I was allowed to actually see Purple Rain. But <laughs> considering my parents wouldn't let us watch Three's Company, so Purple Rain was Wow. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> What'd you, uh, right, where is, I don't know how we're doing this. I mean, you guys weighing in on Purple Rain or uh, When Does Cry, or are we just talking about our own? Yeah. No, I, I mean... It's a great song. That's uh, that one for me. I don't know. I would never have thought of that for the drum intro because it's got that little guitar sting at the beginning, but then it goes into like a cool little kind of program drum beat or electronic drums. I don't know what it is. Oh, that, was Raz- that was Raspberry Beret. Yeah. That was the drum intro on your list. What? Yeah, it was Raspberry Beret. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, I'm thinking of when the drum does cry. But yeah, I, yes. It does have drums. Yeah, I just, but the I messed up and yeah, I thought we were still talking drums. But it does, it, the song does what I said. Like it has that little guitar sting and then it kind of does that electronic drum beat sounding. Yeah, the one that everyone found out on a table. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to be Sheely to get that done, do you? No, nope. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that was huge. I think saying seventh or eighth grade when this came out, maybe. And um, everybody had the record. It was like thriller, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years later, and uh, it was so good. But I remember everybody really got caught up on Darling Nikki because oh, it was yeah. a dirty. You know, oh, right. at that age, it was you know that was kind of something else, but. Yeah. Yeah, that Going was good. the movie. movie girl to uh, Foo Fighters covered that, and they did a great job. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, did you guys like the movie Purple Rain? Mm-hmm. 
It's been so long since I've seen it. Um, it's not great. I, yeah. <laughs> I loved it, but after rewatching it, oh man, he's just like pouty. The kid. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's very, I'm sure it doesn't hold up well. Uh, yeah, but the music does. Yes. The music still sounds great. Yeah. And we got, um, what was the other band that was in that? The More time. Stay in the Time. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. Okay. So, somebody else want to give one? Are we doing both of ours? Or? Yeah, we can just go in order. Okay. Um, the other one I had was uh, Burning Hell by Twisted Sister. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I also want to give me something that was kind of tied into that year. I think that was actually 1984 when Karate Kid was released. Mm-hmm. And also, like, one of my first introductions into, like, music having some darkness to it and yeah um, yeah when you could a lot of these other things you heard on the radio and these were like the tapes that you'd pop in and yep and listen to so um you know it's actually like i when i think about burning hell the first thing i think of was it was so hard and heavy and just evil that it was in pb's big adventure mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah. and and that song is one of, for me, like that's one of their best songs. I love that song, and it's mm-hmm. not on their greatest hits. Seriously, really? Yes, mm. no, it is. Wow. And but I, yeah, I love that song. I really do. What's funny for me with that song is I can now tell like things that I like in like Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson and other things. Like I can totally hear transitions in songs and like tune down oh, and yeah. that kind of sound. Um, how that kind of relates back to that. So I must have been attracted to the dark side early. <laughs> I, had, I had one of those moments in this list too, Tony. I love this tune. Uh, it's got like, like you know, you've seen Spinal Tap and they're just this like ball of cliches from all over rock and roll. And like, I listened to this Twisted Sister tune. I'm like, oh my God, it's this is like, spinal tap stole this, you know, like this is their thing. <laughs> and uh, And then he's the, like, it kind of drags for a minute and you're just like, what's this? And it kicks in and it just, it's all over the place from there. It's like, oh my, this is what hell is probably actually like. It's just, you just don't know what's going to happen next. Right. You know, and he throws some Shakespeare out there and then he rips into a solo and it's like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. This song was number one on my list. Wow. Okay. <laughs> nice. Wow. But, yeah. but when doves cry was number nine on my list. Okay. After the Saints loss, I'll take any win right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously I threw out uh you know, we're not gonna take it in the drum thing. So I, I've always been a twisted sister fan. I love them. When when they showed up in Cobra Kai, or well, when D showed up in Cobra Kai, uh <laughs> I was like, cool, this I love it. And then like it was so funny because he's sitting there, you know, Miguel's sitting there in his wheelchair and he starts tapping his foot. And I looked at Lacey and I go, the power of metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> when I when I thought about Twisted Sister too, it reminded me of the time that we stayed after um the Indianapolis ice game to watch a twisted sister concert. Nice. And like it just kept going on where he's got more and more excited. And then at the end, like, you know, they, they put the stage up in the corner and all that stuff and the lights went down 
and it wasn't Twisted Sister, it was Quiet Riot. So <laughs> I got him confused in the text. I mean, that was like in high school. So I'm like, wait a minute, that's not this band. I would have dug that too. I, I would have got my metal health on. There you go. All right. Who's next? All right, Monday, you're up. All right. My two were pretty different um, as far as different types of music. And um, my first one that I picked was Rocky Like a Hurricane from the Scorpions. Uh, absolutely love this song and <laughs> listening to it some more today and oh man i just love it so much um i picked this one for a couple of reasons one it came out in 1984 which was the year karate kid was released mm-hmm. um and this was also this was one of the earliest hard rock and metal songs that i remember loving um my when i was a kid i used to my my uncle, my youngest uncle, is about 14, 15 years older than me, so he was always the cool uncle, you know, mm-hmm. and he's still my favorite. But uh, I used to go in his room when I was a kid and dig through his records, and he always had, like, ACDC, Def Leppard, Quiet Riot, and he had Scorpions records, too. So I, I always remember that, so I've always loved the Scorpions. And, and... When I was a kid, this was also this song was on a KTEL Records compilation called White Hot Masters of Metal. And that was one of the first like heavier, you know, albums that I got for myself. I, my dad bought it for me at Kmart. <laughs> and uh, so I've always had a soft spot for this song. And it's just a great song. It's got a killer opening riff. It's got like, you know, a cool little drum part at the beginning, you know, cool little Tom, Tom, Tom lick and uh cool little mini solo. And then it kind of eases into this little bit of like a staccato groove. And the, it has like the big eighties gated reverb snare. Thank you, Phil Collins. <laughs> and, um, and man, Klaus Mina, I mean, come on. That dude's a badass singer. Yeah. So I, I love this song. It feels like it was one of those songs like meant to be in a stadium. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. The whole crowd chanting and stuff. It's, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, he is a fantastic singer. And uh, did you ever notice like every one of these records and these bands that came out in the 80s, the real heavy metal guys, they all had like one super sweet ballad on every record? Yeah. <laughs> I would just, oh, I, was, yeah. I, was, uh, I just kept listening, you know, because yeah. it's been a long time since I've listened to this, and it's yeah. it's all good. I like it a lot. Uh, they I also feel like, uh, I was just gonna say they also all like told you they were gonna rock, or they're gonna rock you like this, or they're born to rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yes. My point was that if if aliens landed, it's that old thing. If aliens landed and said, "What is rock and roll?" Or, you know, what is metal? It really could be a couple of different things. Somebody could run and go get that and put it on for them. They'd be like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And they'd leave this song is also. This song is also, it's one of those classic, like, tropes of uh, the hard rock and metal of this time where it's called Rock You Like a Hurricane, but if you listen to the lyrics, 
it's mostly about sex. <laughs> He's really going to rock you like a hurricane. Yeah. So <laughs> they had to be real clever back then to get radios. Right. Yeah. They need a radio play. <laughs> All right. How about All your second right. song? My second one takes a hard right turn. And we ended up with She's Like the Wind from Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yeah. I really, I love this song completely unironically. I absolutely love this song. I always have. And I just really wanted to hear what you guys had to say about it. Is, before, is that um, the one? Did you guys watch uh, Movies That Made Us on Netflix? Yes. Okay. That's a yeah. great series, Joe, if you haven't yeah. seen it. But. Is that one that like he wrote and he kept pushing and they were looking for they were they didn't have a very good big music budget, so they took his. You remember? I don't remember that part actually. Was this on Dirty Dancing? Yes, it is yeah, from yeah, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. 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 Watch the Dirty Dancing episode. There's a, there's a lot about how that song came to be on there. But yeah. Oh, go ahead. I don't want to dominate. You guys tell me what you guys thought about it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that series is awesome. I love it. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, but yeah, this is from Dirty Dancing, 1987. Uh, I love that movie. It's a great movie. Um, it's kind of a, a classic ballad type song, really about unrequited love. And uh, um, it has fantastic pop production. Uh, the instrumentation is great. The piano, like the main piano melody is really good. The saxophone flourishes are fantastic. Um, uh, his vocals, you know, he's got like a real, real nice, solid emotional delivery. Um, uh, I never, I never understood why he didn't really do much more music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause this song is so good. I mean, he sounds great and he was in so many huge movies. Like I can't believe no one else was like, Hey, do another song, do another song. Right. But um, one interesting thing I thought was cool about the song is, you know, in the final third of the song, this woman comes in to sing with him and her name was Wendy Frazier and she kind of adds some harmonies and she really adds some power. Like her vocals are powerful. She's kind of a belter a little bit. And I looked her up and this song, unfortunately was like her most famous performance. This uh-huh. is what she's most famous for. So play, she's most famous for playing second fiddle to Patrick Swayze, but it's a great <laughs> song. Yeah. It, it is a really good song. And I'll be honest. I didn't know he was the one who sang it. No, I've heard this I forever, and I didn't know it was him. And when you said that, I'm yeah. like, Patrick Swayze, and I'm like, holy crap. When I'm listening yeah. to that, I thought it was going to be like a different yeah. version or something. I remember like when I first heard it, I didn't realize it was him either. Then when I heard it, I was like, holy shit, that's him? Like, why isn't he doing more? Yeah, my mom used to, she loved Dirty Dancing. She loved the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. And she would play the same songs over and over again, cassette singles cassettes you know whatever but i listened to the stupid song so many times and i hated it and i grew up and i heard it again i'm like oh it's a stupid song again so then i found out it was patrick swayze so my appreciation for the song grew slightly and for him obviously and then like we didn't know like he did the dancing in the movie but there was something about 
him dancing in the movie yeah well it's a movie about dancing so but then you realize holy crap he's really good at this like in real life not just for a movie so he's like he did the song like we talked about and we were all you know surprised how good it was and then he's a dancer so i'm like oh he's not just some and you have to understand this was like in the days when you had one tv in the whole house so if mom's watching dirty dancing everybody's gonna watch that you know so you're just or you wouldn't tell him something to do so i was just tortured by this crap like growing up and then as I watched it as an adult, I'm like, okay, it wasn't that bad. You know, it was just because I had to be put through it. So, but this song never got to like where I just loved it. Yeah. But I'm still have like good respect for him, like singing it. And, and it's a decent song, but is it 10 on your list? It is um, number eight on my list. Oh, it beat Prince. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Impressive. Well, if um, Rocky like a hurricane was a euphemism, I wonder what she's like. The wind is supposed to. Oh. <laughs> well, like he, does, hot day night. Well, <laughs> he does say she's like the wind. I think I don't remember if he says blowing through. It might blowing through my tree or something <laughs> like that. Oh, like, my. Trees. Yeah. His tree. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Patrick Swayze is, I believe, in the old days of Hollywood, they may have called him a triple threat. I believe so. Uh, <laughs> yes, singer, Nobody dancer, Patrick in the corner. The uh-huh. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us up to El Ray and his dynamite pair of songs. Uh-oh. Yes, Put his glasses uh, on, folks. He's getting yes. serious. <laughs> So let's get serious with Falco and Rock Me Amadeus. <laughs> How can you? <laughs> I love that song, even to this day. I listened to it prior to this challenge. <laughs> it's impossible not to like it. Exactly. All right. Okay, go ahead. I have a question, though. I, I have a reason it's on this list. I um, wonder. I, I want to hear why. Yeah, I want to hear why. Too. <laughs> I'm more intrigued by your why than why I like it. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure song for sure. Um, and it's just it. Uh, Monday asked which version to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I said, it really doesn't matter. They both slap pretty hard. And then I played it for my wife and she goes, that is true, though, because <laughs> it does pretty well slap. But then I said, but yeah, what, but what's wrong with it? You know, I mean, why is it a bad song? Why can't I like it? Unironically. I think it's I think it's the German. Okay. Mm. That crossed <laughs> that, my mind. That's I the did. only thing that trips me yeah. up with this song, dude, because it's so like the the music is cool. It's got some killer synth, like a really good hook, synth hook going on. But then like for this, this is not like a Rammstein thing for me. Like I can't overlook the German. Like I, mm. I think Till Lindemann just sounds badass when he's singing in German. This is just sounds like mumbling. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, blah, 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 rock me on the dance, on the dance, rock me on the dance. So it's like, you have something to come in hard on, like, yeah, yeah I'm a yeah. dance, I'm a dance, you know? <laughs> so 
It's like, I don't well, know what the I, hell he's doing. Oh, I'm a dance. I'm a dance. <laughs> I made it. I made a comment because we were breaking this down. We were picking it apart. I said, maybe if the melody line didn't sound like this, it's like, you know, and then, yeah, you're right. It's like, so there you go. It rages on the chorus. Yeah, it's it's not the German, it's the delivery of the German. <laughs> but it has that do you guys remember the song nineteen? It's like nineteen Vietnam. No 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 nineteen. That whole thing. You remember that song? No. I'll have to send it to you. It has similar <laughs> it has similar like elements where like you don't really know why it's a good song. I mean there's like something that you like latch onto and you can uh repeat and it's just got like weird weird placement of certain things, but it works in a weird way. <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> but here's, and Amos, here's, here's and Amos. a question for you, Tony. What's that? You, you say it works. Yeah. Would it work for you if the if you heard it today for the first time, rather than having that experience of being a young person and this of that time when all these little weird quirky songs came out? Would it still work for you the same way today? Um, I don't think so. I think part of what worked for me was it was it had like a newness it was kind of against a little bit of what all was going on it was it, i mean it almost crossed over in the sense that it had some poppiness to it but it had something else but that is so like done today i think it would just blend in and i'm not sure if i would give it time of day yeah i kind of think the same thing um yeah and if rock you like a hurricane is a euphemism song what's rock me on the damn it's all about then <laughs> well you know we discussed that before we started recording that's true. I I, every time, every time that I hear this song, I think of a movie from the mid '80s, early '80s, whatever you said, '84, '85, whenever. But uh, it's called Charm School, and one of the guys in there is. There's a scene where he's like, you've got this tray of food, and there's like a Cornish game hen and a giant carrot, and he takes the giant carrot and does unseemly things to the Cornish game hen and as he's doing it he's saying I'm a deus I'm a deus <laughs> so that's what I think of when I hear this song every time what a weird reference <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed did we answer your question Joe yes <laughs> it's helpless but not hopeless <laughs> but the chorus saves the entire song it really yeah. does. It kind of rests. Of course, it is the entire song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be fair. That can be said about a lot of eighty songs. It's very yeah. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, your next uh, song's a great one. So, right, it is "Squeeze Tempted." Yes, great song. So practical. Lists off all these things he buys. At the beginning of the tune. The chorus of this one's got that piano lick in the background that just mm-hmm. keeps you keeps you hanging on. Oh, what a great tune! It's got a sweet ass bass groove, man. Mm-hmm. Don't don't sleep on that bass on this mm-hmm. song, man. It's great. <laughs> you know, that's what I told Tony. We were talking the other day. For some reason, I had it in my mind that this song came out a lot longer before '81. And I don't know why it just had like a seventies vibe to me. And I thought it was yep. older than it is. See that? Yeah. When did we determine it was what? 1981 or something? Yeah. Like that? It was really yeah. yeah. I've, I've always associated it with the eighties just because that's, I heard it 
about the time I was becoming aware of music, like it was all over the radio. So, yeah, good track, though. Joe, where did you rank your own? My own, um, number six and number three, respectively. Okay. Nice. Amadeus got number three. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're a oh. questionable, my friend. <laughs> this this song too this uh i wanted to touch on the the vocals uh, like the second verse it does one of those things where it's like everybody in the band gets to sing a line or two mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't exactly work but it kind of works like they're, they're they don't all sound great but it kind of works yeah I, I think what's great about this this tune is that it's got all the elements of a great pop song but they don't overuse them, you know, they just get them. And so that breaks it up a little bit because he does have a, a great, really strong, soulful vocal line on yep. this tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wrote down that this is a pleasant song. <laughs> it really is. It's a song for the ages. It would be one that would come on the radio and everybody would just be into it. Yeah, everybody like, oh, it. yeah, this one, yeah. Yeah, you can't disagree on it. All right. That brings us to the last two songs on our list. And so I went a little different route because my first thought, my two, probably my two favorite songs from the eighties are, uh, don't you forget about me. And, um, I'll stop the world met with you. Yep. And so I was going to do that. And I thought, no, that's just, I want to do something different. So I thought, you know, modern English had a lot of really good songs and they had that mm-hmm. great, you know, post-punk sound, uh, came out, you know, with the cure and, and everything. So I chose, Gathering Dust was my first one from Modern English. It's actually the first song on their first record from 1981. And um, that's what started me down the synth route. So I actually was not familiar with the song. I, I, I had never heard it. I mean, of course, I know who Modern English is and I know some of their songs. I had not heard this one. So it was, it was cool to hear somebody you know talk about 80s stuff and then like hear something that i've never heard before so mm-hmm. I, it's one of those songs where i remembered it after this challenge after it got listed again on the challenge and i and i love modern english too so it yeah it was great to like rehear and uh i probably listened to that one you know, at least 10 times since our challenge <laughs> answers has gone through tech it's a great tune yeah it is it really, yeah, like it opens up, like there's like this weird harmonic bass thing going on in the beginning. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of cool. And then it really kicks into like a pretty rocking jam. Like it get, I mean, they're they're going for it, and mm-hmm. the the drums are they're fun. I mean, it's just the only thing I did not like was there's like this weird random high pitched noise. They kind of would roll in every now and I'm like, I could do without that. But the rest of the song, I really don't. Oh, yeah. That thing was bouncing around up there in the atmosphere, you know, but the rest of the songs moved along underneath. And once in a while, you'd catch it. You're like, but I, I liked it myself. I liked the little synthy. I thought yeah. it rounded things out nicely. I, I heard a lot of, I would not be surprised if this is what the next. Pearl Jam album sounds like is this modern English track because they've been heading this direction for such a long time. And I, I'm serious. I heard so much Eddie Vedder in this song, like reverse Eddie Vedder because Eddie came after it, you know, but I'm like, Oh, this makes a whole lot of sense. Cause he got into new wave there for a long time. And I could, that was creeping into their music. And I'm like, okay, 
and it had this long how, how long was that damn part monday like you know a minute and a half or two minutes or something yeah. where they're just ripping there at the end yeah. so there's something about the group they really have like a really nice melodic hook in most of their songs um he's really good at writing those and the the synth it just kind of remind me of like video games of that yeah. time, the way they're kind of yeah, shooting what, i yeah. think that's why i didn't like it like it just sounded like a random sound effect thing like something from a cartoon or a video mm-hmm. game or something i'm like mm, no thank you <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah i have what i call noise solos from nine inch nails so this i, like, I, mean, I can pray fall asleep <laughs> yeah, that's different though <laughs> Yeah, it is. I, it is different. I, I agree. Yeah. So what? What's the L Ray ranking on that? Um, that was pretty high. Number two. Oh, nice. That's good. I like that you guys hadn't heard it. I wasn't sure. I know we've all done a lot of post punk kind of stuff from back then. So mm-hmm. glad we had something new. So then that took me to when i heard the synth i thought okay i'm just gonna go all out synth because then subdivisions from rush is like a totally different synth experience and uh that also got me thinking back you can tell i'm scarred by the smashing pumpkins record but it got me back again you know they changed and went to this heavy synth now but they did not lose their identity there was still some fantastic drum work in this so neil had his spots they they did make room for a you know, guitar solo later, even though yes, the, the keyboards did a lot of that guitar work, but then he got his later. The, the Getty would stop playing keyboards and then he would hit his little bass groove. So the identity was kept, even though the song is so very different from what had come before. I was going to say that, like this song made me think of the pumpkins in the way that it really felt like Alex didn't have much to do in this song until the end. Cause there's not, if you listen, like there's like kind of subtle guitar stuff going on, but it's really not a lot until he has like a little solo at the end. And, but yeah, I, this, when the synth drops out and the, or I don't even know if it really drops out, but there's some really killer bass work going on in here. Like it comes in, like there's this really cool bass part and then it goes away again and then kind of comes back. The same thing kind of comes back later. And uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great song. It's very, I mean, it's rush song. It's well structured and all of that. But yeah, it's pretty cool. That's what I was thinking too. When you say it's a rush song, it's like we can talk about other bands that like, well, should they have done this or this was good except for this part or whatever. But when you give such like seasoned kind of genius musicians and they they take something on, like it's just a good song, you know? Yeah, it's rush, and they can't they can't go wrong with something like this. I really liked it see what they did wrong here is they had a really good keyboard hook there's two notes you know you know the ones and they keep going back to that and i'm like yeah this is good but then yeah it's a rush song and here's what the 80s were about they were about excess and they were about like you know big hair everything was big like everything was huge and so I'm listening to this tune. I'm like, all right, you know, it's it's gonna be a little proggy, it's rushed. I can get through the the stop start stuff, you know, I can I can do this. And um and I started listening to the lyrics. I'm like, wait, we don't want to be preached at rush, like we don't want to hear it. <laughs> the 80s were about excess and consumption and big money and big hair and like you know, 
Playboy Mansion and stuff. So, like, we don't, like, nobody talks about Live Aid or, like, anything charitable in the 80s. Nobody's even heard of that stuff. So I was kind of like, that's going to cost you on my rankings rush. I mean, it's it's a good tune, but I wanted to hear more of that synth line, that hook that we were all, you know, craving. That thing. <laughs> Ironically, the song that comes before it's called Big Money. See? <laughs> I missed the mark. But it's probably against big money. It's probably not about getting money. <laughs> oh, I love the lyrics to this song. I think it's so good. But it's not excess. You're right. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did we, that rounds out our list, gentlemen. What was the last spot left open? Where did that ring? That was number yeah. seven. So what was one? Twisted Sister, we're going to know. Yeah. Oh, that was one. Okay. Yeah. As it should be. Amen. <clears throat> nice choices. All right. Well, this is uh, this is the place normally where we review an album. And um, next week, we don't have an album chosen yet. So we can we'll get another surprise. We'll figure <laughs> something out. This was a good one. I This was fun. Thanks. Yeah. Maybe we'll do uh, another collection internally or something. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know next week, people. All three of you who are listening, come back next week with a surprise. Now, one and bring your haikus. <laughs> hey, the haikus could maybe double our listenership. A lot of haiku fans out there. Hey, I'm I'm just uh, you know I'm still I'm sticking with my guys in uh, Zambia. That's that's our big yeah. fan base. That's Hello, right. Zambia. Zambia and Ireland, baby. They love us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for this week. Um, Mr. L. Ray, if we want to get in touch with you on the socials, where do we go? A lot of good stuff on Instagram. L. Ray 4 on Instagram shows my success in the stock market, my new guitar. I'm just looking through actually my own page. So uh, my trip to Lowe's, my friend's pizza shop, <laughs> stuff like that. So. Check it out, LRA4 on Instagram. If you want excess, do not go to Rush in the early 80s or Joe Rife's Instagram. <laughs> Very smart. You don't know what he bought it, Lowe's. Oh, Mondy, where can we find you? I can be found on Instagram at Metalhead Mundy. Come and see me. He bags. Um, I'm at the Wanderings and Wool Gathering Facebook page. So glad I didn't just say, where can we see T-Bags? <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> Hold Hang on, on let stand up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we man. We tripped over each other into that joke. Yeah, you, you get the wind blown through your trees on that one. <laughs> and your I tree. just want to mention that your Monday tree. also said hard on. He right did. After his yeah. Blowing through the trees. So, I did it uh, as soon as it came out of my mouth. I was like, wait. <laughs> I tried to keep going to distract from it. I appreciate that. <laughs> DVD, where are you? I oh, am Foggy's Pal on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I'm back writing for the Chicago Blackhawks on Blackhawk Up. Nice. So, that's fun. They stink. They may not win a game this year, but I'm going to be writing about them. So. Check it out. 
And if you want to find the show, you can go to wanderingsandwoolgathering.com, check it out on Facebook, or you can go to SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please subscribe and leave us a review. We need to know what we're doing right and most likely wrong. So (laughs) until next week, we'll see you then. Bye now. 